0: You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale.
1: The lasting impression most fans of the Kansas City Royals have of Wade Davis is of him throwing his hands up in the air after a called third strike for the final out of the 2015 World Series. Davis, who came to the Royals in the, quote, James Shields trade, prior to the 2013 season, struggled in his first seasons with the team. Now I will say it's now referred to as the Wade Davis trade and James Shields was the throw in. But back then it was known as the James Shields trade. But after that 13 season, when he was switched to the bullpen, that unlocked a side of Davis that might eventually earn him induction into the Royals Hall of Fame. In 2014, his ERA dropped from 5.32 the year before to 1.0. In 71 games, he allowed eight earned runs in 72 innings, mostly as a setup man to Greg Holland. All he did in 2015 was get better. He allowed seven earned runs in 67 and a third innings, good for a 0.94 ERA. And after Holland went down with the Tommy John injury, Davis became the team's closer. He was almost unhittable. After one more year in Kansas City, he spent four years away from the club, first with the Cubs for a year and then with the Colorado Rockies for three seasons And Royals fans welcomed him back in 2021 when he spent his final season before announcing his retirement. Now he focuses on his family and on his favorite cause, the battle within. He and his wife, Caitlin, join us today to talk about his baseball career and the organization that does so much for ex-military and first responders. So, Wade and Caitlin, welcome to Sports Connections. Thank you.
0: Hi, thanks for having us.
1: All right. Um, Wade, what was your first thought? when you were traded from the Tampa Bay Rays to the Royals?
2: Uh, I think we are sitting here at home on the couch and and just had a uh, kind of initial, you know, nerves and, and shock and all those things going through your head from being in one organization for a while and then, and then going and meeting a whole new group of people and front of office and obviously family having to to kind of jive with all that too and relocate and, and just a lot of different thoughts going through your head.
0: We had just found out we were pregnant with Sully too. Yeah. Right before, <laughs> right before we got
2: training. Okay, so just
1: a little bit of upheaval uh, in the in the family. <laughs> was there any thought about? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Was there any thought about? Man, Tampa Bay didn't want me anymore. I, you know, I've I've known a lot of ball players. I've been involved in sports journalism for more than forty years. My uncles were agents when I was a kid. Uh, so I've known ball players, and I have to ask them a question, and I get different responses. So did you have any thought about the deflation of being traded with the rejection side of that?
2: Uh, no, actually probably the opposite, because uh, I had a pretty good relationship with Andrew Friedman with Tampa, and, and he knew that I wanted to be a starter at that time, and I just had a year in the bullpen and was success, successful with them, and I think he knew that it was going to be a better opportunity for me too. Uh, to go and start and they were getting a pretty good return for for the trade they made. So it was kind of a, a good scenario at the time for, for both sides.
1: And and you obviously started for one year with Kansas city and then switched back to the bullpen. Were you okay with that switch back to the bullpen?
2: Uh, I mean, I still thought that at the time, especially going into that spring training in 2014, I I had a really good spring and I felt really good about uh, where I was heading at that point, uh, confidence-wise and things like that, but uh, you know, I, w- I was I was okay with it. You know, I'd build some relationships with some guys down the bullpen and was pretty comfortable with with whatever the decision was. I, I knew we had a pretty good team, so it was going to be a fun year, uh, no matter where you were.
1: When when did you know those of us who follow the Royals some some closely? You know, like i part obviously part of the, the journalism side of it, uh, part of the press side, but even people if casual fans took a while to recognize how good the bullpen was how quickly did you pick up that this could be a difference making bullpen
2: Uh, I mean there was some I remember watching them in 2012 when they came to our place in Tampa and there was three or four guys coming out of the bullpen that were that were really young but had some arms that that you didn't really see a whole you know you'll see a guy on one team that's got an arm like that but they they ran out three or four in a row one day against us and it was like, whoa, that was pretty wild. You know, we were down in the bullpen watching them come in. or like, you know, we don't have anything like that. And so any at that time there weren't as many arms that were as big as that. So you could kind of see there being a a dominant side of that if if it all fit together. And and you know, even in thirteen, you had some, some really good some really good runs from guys down there. And then in 14, mm-hmm. you know, losing Hochaver was was not ideal, but uh, you know, you still had enough pieces to kind of yeah. Still build that type of a dominant bullpen.
1: Did that help, you know, what you saw from them when you were still with Tampa, did that help in your your feelings of okay, if I'm gonna get traded, at least there's there's some potential there?
2: Uh I didn't honestly didn't know too much about the team. You know, we we'd always played well against Kansas City when I was in Tampa Bay. So I didn't know a whole lot other than just beating them at the time. Yeah. And but then when I got there, you know, one of my close friends, still Greg and and most of those guys, we were just together not long ago. So, I mean, most of those guys as a core are still really good friends. So it's an easy group to get along with as soon as you got there. And, you know, winning just makes it all better.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, What? Why do you think you were so successful as a reliever? Obviously, you had some success in Tampa as a starter. Why do you think you were so good, though, as a
2: reliever? I think probably just timing. I think at that point I was coming into, you know, physical maturity and and I was training differently and better and more disciplined off the field and on the I mean everything just kind of came together at that time I don't know that it wouldn't have been different as a starter for that that period of time I honestly I, I felt pretty confident and when you're confident in anything you, you tend to do a little bit better and you know it takes a couple of years it took me a couple of years to get to feel like I belong at the major league level and at that time it was just kind of a, a perfect time to to mix in and you know. It, ended up being best case scenario.
1: So it was, it was timing in your career rather than the position. I realize you're still a pitcher, but the position you're playing starter versus reliever.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, for sure, it probably had something to do with both, but I think at that time I I felt like I I was, I was comfortable, confident and, and physically, you know, at at the peak. Caitlin, I
1: want to ask you about, about that time as well. As I mentioned, I've been around athletes most of my life and I've gotten to know wives of players and you know the hardest part you know the player is locked in and trying to get better and stuff but the wife or the parent or the you know the kids have to listen to what's being said how hard was 2013 for you to hear the criticism of Wade? You know we we had a
0: newborn the 2013 season so that was a Nice distraction from all of it, but I mean, it comes with the territory. Um, In Kansas City, the people have always been just so welcoming and so heartwarming and it'll always be one of our homes for sure. Right. Um, It's it's definitely tough. And I, Wade could probably attest to the fact that I am um, one of the most, I can say it now, superstitious people that you'll ever meet. So, yeah, mentally it was definitely tough, but I never had any doubts in Wade. So I could tune all of the extra out pretty easily.
1: OK, uh, obviously things turned around pretty quickly in, in 14, maybe during the season. I remember in in right before the All-Star break, people were saying, blow it up, you know, get rid of the, the guys that are going to be free agents. And, and, you know, things turned so late in the season. when. Just talk about the feeling that as fans, late you know, late in fourteen and certainly in fifteen, we knew that if the Royals had a lead after six inning, the game was done. When did you guys start to grasp how good you were?
2: I think that most of that probably happened at the end of thirteen. I mean, I think we played six hundred baseball at the end of two thousand and thirteen, and you know we finished a couple games out of uh, the wild card. So I think there was a lot of that that rolled over into fourteen, just kind of getting the belief knocked into you, and then. You know, I even felt like that in thirteen as a starter. If I had the lead through, through six six innings, then I felt pretty good about handing the ball off to anybody down there. You know, and yeah. definitely that made it made it much easier in fourteen for the starters that we had in fourteen. You know, we had some pretty good starting pitching. I think we racked up almost, I mean, it was like nine hundred innings as a starting staff. So it was, you know, put makes it easier on the bullpen. Whenever you get stars, it can go deeper in the games, and it makes us fresher and more effective. And I think all that played into it
1: did the struggles in the first part of 14 damage not, not damage did it did it did it frustrate you guys did it motivate you guys what was the reaction to the struggles knowing you were better than than a 500
2: team uh, I don't think I mean I can't speak for the other half of the team down at bullpen we're our own thing so I mean me and Greg were getting booed off the field the first week of the season because I think we blew three out of the first four games or something in Detroit and uh you know, so that was interesting. But then, we, we, you know, we, we had some bounce-back games, and, and just, we both kind of got on a roll. Kelvin, you know, another guy who, coming off of 13, where he was down in AAA, and, you know, we all just kind of got on a roll and, and started clicking, and you form your roles, and you feel pretty confident about it. And the other guys down the bullpen were great. And like I said, the starting staff, I mean, the offense always what it, is always what it was. You know, our defense was one of the best, but the offense was always putting pressure and giving us a chance to, to play close games keep the line moving.
1: Was that something that that was more in the public or did you guys really talk about keep the line moving in the clubhouse when, when us media types weren't allowed in there?
2: I mean, I think a lot of that came from Dale Swain. Uh, You know, his, his whole approach to hitting was, was pretty aggressive as, as our team was. and, And he was a pretty brilliant guy. And, and that was, you know, when you'd hear the offense getting on a roll. That was one thing they were talking about in the dugout all the time: was keep the line moving. And and obviously, you watched the game. It was felt like it was been on first and second for six out of the nine innings. So it was, it was always a, a pressure approach.
1: And, and I remember, especially in '14, uh, you had Gerard Dyson and Terrence Gore. If the if you guys were down one in the bottom of the ninth inning, and one of those guys was on second base, the confidence among the fan base was, okay, they're going to tie it up here maybe and maybe win in this inning, but at least get to extra innings. How much fun was that seeing those guys that were, you know, baseball's version of Tyreek Hill out on second base knowing that, you know, I, I saw Terrence Gore score on a ground ball from second base. <laughs> How much fun <laughs> was that?
2: I mean, it's, it's kind of wild because, you know, I can attest to it as, as being on teams where you've got managers – you know, when when somebody pinch runs, the manager comes out, and now he's he's telling you he's giving you a bunch of different things that could happen. So now you got these different scenarios going through your head, and the the catcher's wanting you to be quicker. So now you're you're changing up your delivery. So there's all these different factors going on. You're starting to feel a little bit more pressure, and the guy's going to get the second base anyway. So now it just it just adds to the like the icing on top of it all. It's it, it's just kind of a wild thing, and and to have two guys that were freaking that fast, you know, it was just uh, crazy to see teams just fall apart. You know, good pitchers fall apart because of it.
1: Yeah. Um, Now, I want to, this is really for both of you. Just talk about the decision to come back to the Royals for the 2021 season. You got anything?
0: Me first. Sure. Um, When the opportunity arose and we were talking about it, it was a no-brainer. Not that Wade planned on retiring after the season or not, but you know, it's kind of always looming at this, you know, stage in the game. And there was nowhere else that I wanted to bring our family. And I don't, I and mean, I think you would say the same. We just, it was kind of like going home, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was a really, really easy decision for us. It wasn't even, it was barely a conversation.
2: Yeah. I feel the same way. It was, it was pretty easy. Uh, there was a couple of teams that were similar and, and the same idea as far as like opportunities, but you know, Matheny called me up. I talked to the trainers a little bit and, and getting to talk to Dayton. And, you know, just it's just it's such a good organization to be around, even though it wasn't a great year uh, for myself or for the team, really. It was just uh, it's always it was fun there. And, and even in a losing situation like that, Dayton and, and the guys make it a, a good atmosphere. Because, I mean, that's not there's only going to be one team that wins. So having fun is is more than half the battle. So they do a good job of that over there.
1: And uh, you're no, no longer part of the team, so you don't have to you, you can be as honest. <laughs> not that you never were. not I'm not gonna I didn't say that right. you you've always been right up front. I, I don't think you've ever pulled punches with us, but now that you're no longer part of the team, if you have criticism, you're it's probably a little easier. Is this team as close to com- being competitive as it appears?
2: Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, you, you've got some really good players and some good pieces. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the, the minor league system. I mean, that's, I, I mean, it's a huge deal to have a, a strong minor league system. Uh, I think you've got, I think you've got the pieces to be very competitive in that division, especially, uh, like it, like I said, a lot of it's just getting the belief knocked into, you know, you, yeah. if you go on a, a two month run of of playing 600, 700 baseball, then, then you know you can do it. And I think we did it for, first part of the season and injuries don't help that you know if there's chinks in the armor that doesn't help but you've got so many young players and and young starting pitchers over there you could definitely see it being a good a a really good team and having a chance to compete in that division
1: you know i i look at it projections
0: are so hard
2: i look at
1: it as a uh, as very similar to what the royals looked like in 12 and 13 in that there was a young core coming up and there were some good veterans and and there was that belief system like you talked about. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm a member of the media. And so when I'm working, I can't root, but you see what shirt I'm wearing today. So I'm, I've been a Royals fan <laughs> since, they, since they started in 69. Um, but I'm excited about the year. Now, um, we see a lot of, of people, uh, a lot of athletes lend their name to a cause, but you guys do more than that. I want you to talk about the battle within and what attracted you both to the organization?
0: Um, Well, I'm growing up in New York. I was, and we live kind of in a commuter town. I was a kid of 9-11. You know, my father was a police officer. He's now since retired and now he's a firefighter again. But first responders have always been so close to my heart. We both had family that has been in the military. My grandfather, his grandfather, his grandfather his, your grandfather was a pilot, and his uncle is also one. And just, I think after 9 11, it always stuck with me in my brain that watching these first responders and, you know, then invading Iraq and everything else, seeing families without their mothers or their fathers or when they came home and they were never the same. Mm -hmm. Seeing that firsthand, it always tugged so tightly around my heart that um, we found out about the battle within, and before that, Warrior's Ascent. um, And immediately, we both just stuck to it. And then Wade did a couple of the cohorts with the guys himself.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: um, I, I think you attached to it so fast. So
2: it was. Yeah,
1: I've
2: always had friends. Go ahead. No,
1: no, go ahead. I was going to say, so it was both of you. It wasn't Wade. They went after Wade, the athlete and Caitlin joined in or they or Caitlin, you joined in first because of your your family history or something. And Wade said, yeah, this is good. It was both of you.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, she's interacted with. She's t- she's interacted with the guys at the games, and they when they come out to the games from when it was Warriors Ascent, or even previously things to that, and you know she's been kind of the 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 main connection to it all. And I've just, I mean, obviously I've got full support. You know, I've, I've got friends who are police officers, and I've gotten to go down and hang out with uh, a lot of guys that are in our 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 service, and going to Coronado and hang out with the guys at the seals, and and it's an easy cause for me because they're coming to the spring training all the time too from. Mm-hmm word descent or or wounded warriors diff, different things like that and battle with them you know now it's battle with them but uh they've always been around so it's it's always been an easy cause to want to support because these guys are are why we're able to to walk around freely
1: and you know a lot of athletes will, will donate money you know they'll say yes I'm a supporter of this particular organization and they'll donate money you guys are blessed to have you know to have made a lot of money playing ball Um, but you guys do more than that. You, it's not just, you're not just writing a check. You're actively involved in what this organization is doing on a regular basis, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I think that's most important when you meet, um, some of these men and women, it seems, and they meet Wade, it seems like it's making their day. They're so excited to be at the game. They're so excited to be doing something else other than what has usually been going through their mind and to go through these cohorts with the battle within it, it heals them. It takes them out of it. And you kind of just want to be with them all the time. So that's why Wade's good at following the itinerary, but I would, you know, try to get them to the games. I'll pay for them to go to the games. I would say anything to be able to bring a group together. These poor, these poor girls, we we're lucky enough when we were with the Royals, they are still some of our best friends. We were just on vacation with the Varkses and the Ho Chavers and the Soxes. And they blindly would follow my insane ideas all <laughs> to support these causes. So we did a few mud runs. Um, I mean, we had girls that had never touched dirt before that were jumping in. I don't know how deep those things were, but Ashley almost drowned at one time. Just pools of mud and And to, you know, raise awareness. And um, when you get that kind of a group of girls, especially together and the royals wives, it brings so much more awareness to the cause that, yes, of course you want to donate to, but you want to involve and let people know and bring light to it. So that's always been even more important to me than writing the check, you know, just to get these people together and make it a spectacle and bring it to light, um, I think goes a lot farther than money.
1: Yeah, well, one of the one of the events that you're talking about is Whiffle at the Hollow, and, and that's where Wade and I mm-hmm. connected. You know, and I'm we're not allowed in the clubhouse, at least the last couple of years we haven't been. But I saw Wade sitting on the bench watching you play, Caitlin. Uh, just talk about how Wiffle at the Hollow helps the battle within.
0: Again, it's just making camaraderie of an event that is, you know, donating to the cause that you love so much, but without, I think a lot of those girls there, a lot of the players, a lot of the guys that came, there would be one less camera, you know, there'd be three less articles. Mm -hmm. So to do something like Whipple at the Hollow, which was so much fun, um, not only brought us all closer together. But now our teammates are able to meet, you know, some of these veterans and first responders. They're able to meet the director. They're able, and now it's ingrained in their minds as well. And hopefully that branches out into something bigger.
1: Yeah. I, I was there the last two years and, and Dan Diebel who is very actively involved has preached at my church a number of times. And I've known Mitch Wheeler for Forty years, uh, Mitch and I are, are close friends. So Dan was one that told me about it, and I showed up there and then see Mitch. So I've been there the last couple of years. Now this year, I noticed that uh, Caitlin put some pretty good swings in the batter's box. Um, and Wade, we know all you were ever asked to do with a bunt with a bat was bunt. So who, who's the better hitter?
2: Who's a better hitter?
1: Oh yeah. boy,
2: you um, you were Caitlin. I mean, I,
0: First of all, that whiffle ball was not easy to hit, especially over the wall. So I'm not sure you're doing
2: that. Um, I'm a 250 big league hitter, so I mean,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'll give it to her. She's hit. She's had more hits recently.
1: There you go. There you go. Because being in the American <laughs> League, you don't get yeah, to hit, don't get to hit as much. But uh, yeah. uh, well, I yeah, I, it was fun. It was really fun for me, as you know. I know most of the guys on the team to see see their wives i met ryan lefebvre's wife i met rex hudler's wife i had talked to him before but at the first time i met him and so that was fun how much fun was it to organize uh, those two teams the the royals wives
0: um it's a lot of work to you know get everyone scheduled and their kids and get them to commit and by the way they each wrote a check as well um, it was fun to organize once it was, I kept calling Mitch and I'm like, I need another day. I need another day because so-and-so didn't come to the game or you know, she's out of the country or she, but it came together so wonderfully. And we really did have the best time. And again, they got to meet so many different people that now I know even when we are in Kansas city and we have to be involved from afar that somebody else will be able to pick up the reins um, In our absence, hopefully, we're not absent that much. But
1: we'd love to go. You you guys see that you know you don't live in Kansas City anymore, so that would say you're involved less. But you're not. You're also Wade. You're not playing on a daily basis, so you could be involved more. How do you see your involvement with the battle within moving forward?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, you're right. We we do kind of have an open book uh, aside from chasing kids to school and back but uh I know we've already planned to go out there at some point this summer and bring the kids out and and watch some baseballs or football maybe later in the year and see some of the guys we played with last year Uh, I know we're already planning to do that so I'm I'm sure we will we'll intertwine those things and and get involved with maybe even more things too you know maybe with even the community up here and and branching out however we can
0: yeah it'd be nice to stretch that blanket you know over to the east coast you know there's a lot of retired players and still active players that that do live up, live up here in the snow mm. uh coincidentally but um it would be great to be able to stretch stretch that um relationship to other parts of the country um god willing but we'll see
1: that's awesome and again I'm connected with the program as well so'm I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you guys still you know not only want to keep being involved but want to want to expand that Uh, i look between your shoulders and i see a davis 17 kansas city royals jersey i know you had more probably more time in the in the rays organization than the royals but um do you consider yourself a royal or a ray or both or a rocky or a cub or people people say you play baseball who'd you play with who's the first name that comes to mind
2: I mean, it definitely, definitely be the Royals. Yeah. And I loved I loved everywhere I played, but the Royals is, is definitely uh, it's been, it's for sure been, been the most homeyest place and, and something that, that we'll like, well, always, like I said, we'll probably always come back to Kansas city. And I don't think we'll do that anywhere else.
0: It is home. It's interesting. Um, I mean, we've lived all over the place, but Kansas city is definitely somewhere that we do call home this room that we're sitting in now basically is all Royals. He likes, he's like, keep the baseball into one room, Caitlin, because I tend to <laughs> spread it out into the whole house. So this is kind of like um, the Royals, our own little Royals Hall of Fame in here. Um, but it, that, the teams that you were on, the Royals, so organically became our family. Like I said, we all still vacation together. We were just with Greg and Lacey at Haas's wedding and the Vargas's and the Mustustacuses and the but all of us were there, and apart even from weddings and stuff, we'll just go on vacation, but you can't, you can't plan for that. I remember after um, the 2014 season, it seemed that other teams were trying to construct the bullpen that they had made, but you can't really construct that. That happened all organically. They, there were eight superstars that they somebody purchased and put together. Mm-hmm. It was just. Eight or nine guys that really just connected and formed relationships with. But that happened with that entire team for years. And we're still so, so, so close. And that's a testament to Dayton as well, to keep them together like that and, um, you know, keep us all home.
1: Okay. There currently are 26 people inducted to the Royals Hall of Fame, 18 of them players wait this is specifically for you and caitlin you can jump in if you want what would it be like to be included in that number
2: oh i have no idea i don't even know if that's if that's a real thing but i mean you know obviously just by saying that it would be amazing but you know i have no idea if that's even a a thing in the future uh it's too
1: modest to give an. All right, Caitlin, Wade, be quiet. Caitlin, what would it be like for Wade, <laughs> for Wade to be inducted to the Royals mm-hmm. Hall of Fame?
0: It would be so amazing. I mean, it would obviously be such an honor. No matter what, I think that he has a part in Royals history, um, which they all earned, which you earned. Um, but it would be so special. And not that that's something on anyone's table. But um, I think it would just be surreal, really.
1: One of the things that that we who follow the Royals closely remember is, Wade, you're not real, you don't exude emotion. You know, you don't get fired up, at least outwardly, very much. This, the picture that I referred to at the very beginning of you shooting your arms up, was that out of character or would you just finally let go?
2: I mean, even that was, you know, that, that was kind of a more of a relief. I think we all felt pretty relieved at that point for, I think we felt like we were stressed out since the year before, you know, playing seven games against the the giants. I think we were all pretty stressed out and, and bound up. And I think that just felt like you made it to the top of the mountain type of thing. And, you know, now you get to walk downhill. It, it was just a big relief and, and, you know, everything else, like being quiet. It's not that you're quiet. It's just more of a controlled chaos, I think is how I always looked at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'd like to wrap up my podcast with two things. First of all, is for you guys to talk about your family.
2: Which part? like Our our kids and everything?
1: (laughs) However, I I leave you. You think that's an open-ended question. Wait till you get to the last one. But however you want to do it, if you want to talk about brothers, sisters, parents, obviously your kids, but however you want to do that.
2: Uh, I know. I know. I'm excited to spend a lot of time with my kids in the summertime. I tell her all the time. Since I was 17, you know, even her, we haven't had a had a since. I guess, yeah, since the teenager, haven't had an adult summer yet to to do anything. And now that we've got got kids, it'll be uh, pretty pretty cool to go out, take them out on the lakes, take them to to go fishing or or whatever it might be. Out in the pool, get to spend a lot of time with them in the summer and and make up for some lost hours and and have a lot of fun.
0: Them too. They. They don't know anything. We've never split our family up for school or anything. So our daughter now is eight and our son is four. Um, Sally was born in Kansas City. And she, once she got to, you know, the first grade, second grade level, she always moved schools. So we weren't apart. Like we would leave New York to go to spring training. She would homeschool spring training, change schools once we got to the next state. Um, So they've never even had a real kid summer And it's funny, um, we had to get our passports because we're going to go on vacation for the first time in February ever um, next month. And we got our kids' passports and we have one that says Shawnee Mission, Kansas, (laughs) one that says Chicago, Illinois, because that's where Ty was born, Wade, Florida, me, New York. And I'm like, what a hodgepodge of a little family we have. (laughs) But um, they're going to be different. Ty, um, our son did say last week was it last week where he was just like are we going back to Kansas City <laughs> and it was like soon buddy. he was like but I want to go now he's obsessed with baseball and he loves it so it's going to be an adjustment for them too but it's exciting
1: yeah are either of them athletes
0: um I have videos of our son they both play like Sally, she's more of gymnastics and she loves softball and stuff like that but Ty since he could walk has been swinging a bat throwing like for anybody that's on for the first time pick up a ball and he's a lefty somehow we don't know how just (laughs) rockets it past your head he's obsessed with everything his entire room is just the sandlot and Royals memorabilia and Cubs memorabilia um but uh yeah he's gonna He's something. He's, he's also insane.
1: (laughs) All right. Then the last question, uh, probably more for you, Wade, but uh, Caitlin, you can certainly answer this as well. What's your legacy?
2: That isn't opening a question. (laughs) Uh, I guess I hope that it was that I was a good teammate and that I was always striving to, to do better and, and, that I was always, you know, counted on, you know, especially in the years there in Kansas city, you know, I think it always feels good to be, to be relied on and, and such in so many players and so on teams and you got 26 guys. Now it's tough to be one of the guys that the team really relies on. And that's something that's, that's really, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not comforting, but satisfying. That's something that's very satisfying to be one of those guys. And I'd say, Legacy, more teammate. I feel like I feel like I, tr- I tried and got better as the years went on, at tr- trying to be a, a good teammate, and then obviously off the field, trying to be the best father and, and husband that I can be is the most important one.
1: Caitlin, you have Do you want to share what your? I think everybody has a legacy. I think my six-year-old granddaughter has a legacy. It's still still in process, but I think everybody has a legacy. What do you What do you think your legacy is?
0: Um, like what we say every morning before Wade brings the kids to school, we give them a kiss goodbye. And I say, what are the rules? And they both go to always be kind and brave. And that's kind of it. <laughs> that would be the legacy that I would want everyone to remember. You. That's kind of great.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I do appreciate uh, you guys getting together with me. Um, you know, we've, we've been talking about this since August and it's good to finally Connect with you both. Will you be at Whiffle at the Hollow this summer?
0: We're gonna we're gonna count on it.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, now we've got you recorded, so I'm gonna I'm gonna forward this on to Mitch, so he knows that that you're here. I'm sure. Oh, he... Mitch
0: will make sure that I hear. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll look forward to catching up with you then, if if not before. But thank you very much for joining me today.
2: Thank you, David. Thanks
0: for having us, David. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmailbooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.